All right, and we are live on Blog Talk Radio and live on Facebook Live. And uh, this is officially uh, Wednesday night by the dashboard light. That's what I'm going to call it tonight, Wednesday night by the dashboard light. We're coming to you live tonight from my pickup truck because the house is, uh, is, well, the house is noisy and there's not much Internet signal there, so... We're going to try it up here in Deport. We're coming live from the uh, Dollar General, and uh, praise God, there's lights here. I tried doing it in other places, but I couldn't get enough light to where anybody could see my face. So we're in the parking lot here under the big halogen light, and we're thankful for that. But uh, anyway, glad you're here. I wish we had a song service tonight, but uh, I'm not much on singing without any music. Um but the reason we're doing this, if you're tuning in, and I see Miss Shirley Matthews is watching us, and good to see you, sister. And, uh, well, you can't, I can't see you, but you can see me. It's good for you to see me, I guess. But but anyway, it's a blessing to have you on here. And uh, good to have our church members popping on here. I'm going to give them all a few minutes to get on. But the reason we're doing this from, from here is that uh, my wife and I have come down with the COVID, and... Uh, She's got it worse than I do, but she's improving, and my worst of it was last week. But um, I'm thankful that it's not gotten any worse than it has. It's just been kind of uncomfortable, miserable. Neither one of us can taste a thing or smell a thing, and uh, that's very miserable when you're trying to eat. But I'm just thankful that I've not gotten any sicker than I have and that she's not any worse than she is, and, and God's good, and we're thankful. But I miss my miss my church family tonight. Wish I was there with you. But um, anyway, it is what it is, and God is good, and, and we're able to meet this way, and I'm thankful for that. And uh, and my little girl's doing fine, and, and uh, thankful for all that are praying for us. And and uh, I want to I do want to mention tonight uh, before we get started into the uh, to the message that uh, we need to lift up our prayer. Our prayer list uh, tonight, prayer requests, and I know that we have some. I know that uh, there are many on our prayer list, health needs, some that that are uh, going through uh, medical issues, and and uh, others that are that are dealing with with personal matters, and and too many to name, and probably won't name them all on here. And but we want to thank God for uh, a, a merciful heavenly father who hears our prayers and also answers our prayers. And we're so thankful that he does. And, uh, so I want us to just go to the Lord in prayer tonight and let's just lift up all the needs that we have and, and ask God to meet with each one and ask God to open the word of God up to us tonight and speak to us from it. Um, I'll tell you, I, I don't feel right when I'm not with my church family. I don't feel right when I'm, when I'm sick. And uh, and I've told several church members here lately that I've just not felt like myself uh, spiritually. I just feel like there's just some kind of a cloud over me, and 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 I don't like it. And I'm asking you tonight when we pray. I'm asking you to pray for me tonight too, because again, I've I felt very uh, just unusual through this. So please pray for me tonight. For God, give me Holy Ghost power to. Uh, to preach and to teach what he'd have me to say. And let's go to the Lord right now. Let's lift all this up in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you, and we thank you for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. Thank you, Lord, that we've been washed in the blood of your precious Son and that our sins have been washed away as far as from the east is from the west. 
into the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered again. And we're so grateful that we are justified by the blood of our Savior. Thankful tonight that we've been set free from the curse of sin and death. Lord God, we just, and from the penalty, Father, we just praise you for that. And Lord, we just want to meet with you tonight. Lord, we can meet to you, meet with you even though I'm here in this parking lot and, and folks are in their homes and wherever they may be tonight. Lord, we can still gather. Lord, we're gathering in your name, and we and you're in the midst of it. And, Father, we just pray now that, Lord, as we get into the message, Lord, we're not going to linger long, but, Father, we pray that, that Lord, you'll give us some good, good uh, thoughts out of it tonight, give us some things to chew on. And, Father, we just pray your blessing on each one. Lord, meet each need. Touch each heart, speak to each one, give each one guidance in the areas that they need it. And, Lord, we have friends who are hurting. We have some who have sick loved ones who are in in, uh, conditions that we're not, uh, Lord, they're not favorable. And, Lord, we just pray for them. We pray, Lord, that your grace and mercy might be on each one. And, Lord, we pray you'd give healing where you see fit. Father, we just pray now that you meet with us. Touch us and be with us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And praise God. I'm thankful for the place of prayer, and I'm thankful for you tonight. All right, we're going to take our Bible, and we're going to turn to Proverbs chapter 12. And uh, we, like I said, probably won't get very far tonight. I'm not trying to get very far tonight. I, I haven't felt good, and I and I, I just I went as far as I went, and I said, well, you know, I think that'll be far enough. So we're just gonna we're just gonna see what God leads us to do. And uh, my goodness, we got folks from all over the place. I, uh, Miss Jeannie Brooks has joined us from England. We've got folks from all over, uh, and and Keith Anthony from from Bogota, Texas. So, uh, just from all parts of the world. But anyway, we're glad that we're glad that all of you have joined us. But anyway, we're in Proverbs chapter twelve tonight, and uh, we're just going to start off there in verse one. And uh, we've been going through the study of Proverbs, and you know, great thing about Proverbs, it doesn't. It's not necessarily a sermon. They're just little thoughts, right? Especially. Uh, chapters 11 through 23. They're the little one-liners, the the comparison verses. And uh, and so anyway, here we are in chapter 12, verse 1. It says, Whoso loveth instruction loveth knowledge, but he that hateth reproof is brutish. Whoso loveth instruction loveth knowledge. Yeah, uh, You know, I'm thankful that I'm saved, and I know that if you're saved tonight, if you've been washed in the blood of Jesus, I know you're very thankful for that fact. And, you know, those of us that are saved by his grace, we're very thankful. Again, we're thankful to be saved by that grace. But we're not just thankful for the salvation that we got. We're also thankful for all the instruction that God gives us because, you know, the thing of it is, and I said this just a couple weeks ago, but when we get saved, we're not we're not finished. We're just we're just brought into the family, just like when my little girl was born. Uh, you know, I think she's just perfect the way she is, but she's not finished. She's got a lot of learning to do, and and she's got to go through some some uh, those. The, she's going through the well, they're not really terrible twos, but she's definitely going through some twos. And every now and then, I see a little flash of it, but you know, she's going to grow, and and she's going to grow because she's learning from the instruction that her mom and daddy are giving her, and uh, and so, and you know, and all those instructions necessarily they aren't uh pleasurable every time when you get in trouble sometimes they're not pleasurable to be told but you, you're thankful for it in the long run and uh you know and that's the way we we are that are saved if we love the lord if we if we love the lord i said whosoever loveth instruction loveth knowledge if we love the lord 
And we're thankful to be his child, and we're thankful that he saved us. We're thankful for his counsel. We want God to teach us. We don't want to uh, just we don't want to just charge into life blindly, and uh, because you'll never please God if you don't let God teach you. And uh, you know, it's just like a child trying to guess what mom and daddy wants. You can't guess what mom and daddy wants because you don't know you don't know their mind. And my friends, as Christians, we don't need to just just charge off into every day of our life guessing at what God would have us to do. We need to listen. We need to set our minds and hearts to learning, to knowledge. And, uh, you know, and, and let God counsel us. Let God teach us. And whether he does it by way of a gentle correction, sometimes he, he only has to use a, a gentle correction. But sometimes when we don't learn right, God has to give us a, has to give us a stern rebuke. I mean, really just uh, just get after us to get our attention. And uh, sometimes it's through the Word of God. The Holy Spirit will just smite us with the Word of God, just like stabbing us right in the heart with a sword. And sometimes he uses life illustrations. Sometimes he uses other brethren to uh, use a sharp word to get our attention, to uh, snap us back into reality of, of God's will for our life instead of our will for our life. But either way, if you're a child of God and you're saved by the grace of God and you love your Heavenly Father, you know, you're very thankful that he does counsel and you're very thankful that he does give give you what you need and, and you value that education that God gives you. And you don't get upset when God tries to, to, uh, to teach you something. You know, there are, there are people like that that get upset. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute, but, you know, the right attitude is to find happiness in learning. I'm very thankful when I get taught something because it helps me to avoid a difficulty in life. You know, everything in life is either a stumbling block or a stepping stone. And the one with a with a learner's heart who, who goes at things saying, you know, I can learn something today. I want to learn something today. Be ever learning, looking for God to teach you. That person's going to find happiness because they're going to gain knowledge. They're always gleaning, always gaining knowledge. Uh, that kind of person wants the structure that God wants to put into their life. And, uh, you know, people that love preaching, uh, you know, I know some people, they, man, they, they, can't wait. they go in preaching and can't wait to get out of preaching. But I'm I'm not like that, and and whenever I go to hear preaching, I want to sit under that preaching. I want to soak up everything that I can get, and I long to go and hear uh, men of God preach because you know God's feeding me, God's building me, He's putting me together, just like a kid sitting there with Legos building something. God's taking piece by piece, brick by brick, truth by truth, and building me up like He wants me to be. You know the Bible says in Second Timothy uh, three. 16 and 17, it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine. So it's all the word of God is profitable to teach you and, and for reproof. That, that reproof, again, that's, that's, that's uh, straightening you out for correction and for instruction, not only to tell you what not to do, but to tell you how to do what to do right uh, as well instruction in righteousness, how to do it according to God's word and God's way of doing things. Uh, verse 17 says that the man of God may be perfect. That doesn't mean you'll be without sin ever because you're, as long as you're in this flesh, you're still going to fall down. But 
the word perfect there again, it means full grown or mature, like a, a instead of a boy, a man. And so the word of God, you know, that instruction again, we're talking about there in verse one, that, that the person that loves knowledge loves to get. What's going to separate you from the people who just constantly uh, struggle in life? Uh, you, you're going to find out the answers to happiness and peace in life if you if you listen to God. He'll make you mature. He'll grow you up. The Bible says, "Throughly furnished, throughly furnished." Uh, how how do I phrase that so you can get that? Uh, it's you know, again, uh, like a man moves into a house and it, it's it's a furnished house. Everything there. Um, when you go, if you've ever gone stayed at a vacation home. You know, and you go in, and, and it's like, uh, you know, I need a utensil. Well, they've got it in here. You know, sometimes in the in the kitchens, you know, they've got they got lemon squeezers and and uh, and uh, garlic. Um, what am I trying to say? Um, they've got garlic graters and everything you could ever imagine in some of those drawers in those vacation homes you rent. Sometimes, you know, God wants your life to have everything it needs. God wants to make sure whatever task he's called you to, there's going to be the proper things in your life to meet the needs and, and to be able to accomplish those things, that you may be thoroughly furnished. That means from the front to the back, to the from the beginning to the end, unto all good works. Those are things that God would have you to do anyway. So praise God that God uh, wants to give us all that that knowledge. But the Bible talks about the other fellow. The other fellow, he, you can't teach him nothing. I know that ain't good English, but that's okay. You can't, you can't, uh, we'd say, he can't learn nothing. You can't learn him nothing. He don't want to. The Bible says he that it, he hateth reproof is brutish. So don't tell me anything. Don't you tell me. That's the redneck. That's the cocky redneck who, who you try to teach him something. And he said, who do you think you're talking to? Who are you trying to tell something? You know, they show themselves not only to be lacking in grace, but lacking in common sense as well. You know, because they take it as an insult to be told that they might be wrong about something. And who are you to tell them anything anyway? Who do you think you are? Who died and made you boss? Uh, you know, again, and that person's going to struggle all through life. They may think they're cocky, and they may think that they, you know, I'm not going to let anybody talk down to me. I'm not going to let anybody step on me. Well, in being such a cocky person, you, you, you're cutting yourself off from knowledge because you are not the sum of all wisdom. Uh, I hate to break that to you. There's a lot of people in this world that's going to break their their it's going to break their mind to realize that they're not the sum of all wisdom because they think they wrote the rules for everything. But Folks, we could all we could all learn a lot. Jason Helms, my brother from a long time ago. Good to see you tonight. I'm glad you're watching. But we're in we're in Proverbs 12, by the way, verse uh, verse one. But uh, again, the man that hates to be corrected, he's not only foolish, but he's stubborn. He's like a horse and a mule that balks and won't move, even though it's time to move. It's like the ox that stands there and and kicks against the ox goad. Uh, you know, when the, when, the, when the farmer's trying to get him to move, to work, and he won't move. You know, that's the way a man is when God's trying to work in his life, and he just won't do nothing. He, he's not going to listen. That preacher ain't going to tell me nothing. I ain't nobody going to tell me how to do what I know how to do. You're never going to be a success in life. 
you're never going to be able to have a, a, a happy marriage. You're never going to be able to, to uh, be a successful parent. You're never going to be able to be a good employee until you learn that you've got to listen and you've got to learn and let God be, let God teach you. Amen. Let God teach you. Uh, but again, it's just like Paul, you know, before Paul got saved in Acts 9, 5, uh, Jesus, uh, he said, to, he said to Jesus, who art thou Lord? And, and the Lord said, I'm Jesus of whom thou persecutest. He said, it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Now, what does he mean by the pricks? He's talking about an ox goad. It's a long stick. I mentioned it Sunday, a long stick with a metal hook on it, and it's just out there to reach out and pop that ox with to get him to go in. And God reaches out to get us to teach us every now and then, and we say, don't you teach me nothing. I don't want to learn. I know what I'm doing. This is my life. Leave me alone. I don't want some preacher telling me how to live my life and getting in my face with the Word of God. Yeah, well, you need that. You need that. Uh, you know, again, those who are, who hate reproof, the Bible says they're brutish. Uh, there are those that they, they desire to live according to their own morals that they've set up for themselves because they're their own God, so they make their own rules, and and where, where they'll be under no check from anybody else. I'm talking about the kind of person that, that, that stifles the convictions of their own conscience, and and they count people that tell them the truth as enemies. That's what Paul asked the, the church at Galatia because uh, they didn't like what he said. And he said, am I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? So anyway, let's move on. I, I'm not going to get very far tonight if I, don't, if I don't go a little faster than that. But anyway, verse 2. Let's look at verse 2. Verse 2 says, a good man obtaineth favor of the Lord, uh, but a man of wicked devices will he condemn. A good man obtaineth favor of the Lord. First of all, a man is not good because of his own goodness. The goodness of a man does not come from within. It comes from God or he doesn't have any goodness. We have no innate goodness of our own. But uh, a good man obtained the favor of the Lord. And and let me just say to you that that's the number one secret to living a happy life is, is to have the favor of the Lord in your life. Uh, people that are truly, truly happy, who who live happy lives, who are happy forever, forever more, those people are the people who obtain favor of the Lord. Because you see, uh, happy, happy circumstantial. I want, I want you to understand something there. Um, I use that word happy there, but let me just back up just a second. Happy, I want you to know the difference between joy and happiness. Joy comes from God. Joy comes from salvation. Joy comes, uh, the joy of the Lord that's where it comes from. It is, a, you know, my salvation is is a well springing up into eternal life. It's it's joy. It bubbles up from my salvation. That that's where joy comes from. Is from being saved and from knowing the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. And joy doesn't come from a person like a person here on earth. Joy comes from again knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. All need. And God come get me someday. Listen, let's let's think for a minute. We need his presence. I mean, my daddy's been gone since nineteen ninety eight. But you know there's some days I still need my daddy. There's some days I wish he was still around. 
I need him. But you know, there are people who, who, who they, they claim they got saved years ago and they ain't been to church in years and years and years. And I say to myself, do you not ever need your daddy? And I know they say, well, I ain't got to go down to church to see him. No, but if you want to be right with him, if you want, if you want the relationship to be right, you don't need to forsake the, the assembling of yourselves together as a matter of some is, as the Bible tells us in Hebrews 10, 25. You know, you, you need the fellowship of your brothers and sisters, and you need to be in his word, you need to be in his house. And you know what? If you get in his word and, and you stay in it very long, you want to get back in his house. Anyway, that's all I'm going to say there. But um, don't worry. It ain't going to last. It ain't going to last. This world ain't going to last. Uh, it ain't going to get any better either. Christ is coming. We need to be looking for him. But, you know, again, these men can try to do what they want to do, but it's not God's way, and they're never going to be able to completely enjoy his blessing. They're just cogs in the wheel, cogs in the machine, bringing about the end that has to happen. Uh, you know, Satan's going to have his time on earth, and, and his machinery have got to be put into place. And so these men are just his henchmen doing his bidding and putting that into place. But uh, but they're not going to enjoy it. They're not going to get to see the fruits of it. Because um, a man can't be established by wickedness. The Bible says so. It may set him up in high places, but let me tell you something, neighbor. Those are slippery places. You can't find footing there. Psalm 73, verse 18 says, Surely thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou casted them down into destruction, and God's going to do that. I'm going to tell you right now, he's going to cast them down into destruction. The Bible, the second part of that verse says, the root of the righteous shall not be moved. Praise God. God establishes his righteous ones in a permanent way. God's got us. I don't worry. Listen, there's no need to worry, though the world is coming apart at the seams. There's no need for us to worry. No need for us to panic. You know why? I like that what it says there, the root of the righteous. I don't know about you, if you've done this or not, but but I've had to dig up some stumps before. Um, one summer, me and my brother, we decided we were going to, well, he, he didn't decide, I did, he helped me, but, but we decided we were going to dig those stumps out of there. And you know, the, the, the roots that are right there on the surface, they're not that hard to cut and, and get out of there. And you think you got it, you think, you think, oh, surely it's going to come now, and you hook up your pickup truck to it, and you pull, and you pull, and you pull, and you pull, and you bog your truck down trying to pull it out of the ground. And when them roots are down there, and they're, when there's a taproot stuck, you're not going to pull that, that thing up. It's just not going to happen. And I got to look at this, talking about the root of the righteous shall not be moved. You see, God establishes us. He establishes us in a permanent way. Our root goes all the way down. Our root holds strong. There ain't nothing can budge our root, I'm going to tell you. And those that by faith are rooted in Christ, we're firmly planted. There, there's no shakiness in us. In, in him, uh, our comfort and our happiness can't be rooted up. It doesn't make no difference what the devil tries to do because we're not rooted in him. We're not rooted in this world. So this world can do what it wants to because we don't find our sustenance in this world. Our root is in something beyond this world. Hey, listen, we're rooted and grounded in the Word of God and in our Savior. Praise God. Psalm 62.2 He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. 
Amen. This world is going to try its best. It's going to come at me. This is going to come at me physically. It's going to come at me mentally. It's going to come at me spiritually. This world's going to try to hit me and knock me loose. But I have a tap root that's in Jesus Christ, and I shall not be moved. Like the song says, glory, hallelujah. Just like a tree that's planted by the water, Lord, I shall not be moved. Matthew uh, sixteen eighteen says, And I say unto thee, Thou thou art Peter, and upon this rock Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it again. The root of the righteous shall not be moved. Let the winds blow. Let the waves pound against your life. But you are planted on the rock of ages, and you shall not be moved. In John ten twenty eight, which is maybe one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible, Jesus said, and I quote, listen here and listen to me clearly. He said, and I give unto them eternal life. That's how long? Forever and ever. And his, did, did you buy it? No. He said, I give it. Did you earn it? No. He said, I give it. I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And he goes on to say, My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I got one more verse, and I'm going to finish tonight. Verse 4. Verse 4 says, A virtuous woman is as a crown to her husband. But she that maketh ashamed is as rottenness in his bones. Now, let me just say to you tonight, I am very, very thankful. My wife's watching this, and I just want to say, baby, I'm so thankful, and she knows I am. I'm so thankful to have a virtuous woman for a while. I'm, I'm telling you, I've lived long enough in this world to know what a good woman is, and I've lived long enough to know what a bad woman is. And I have a good woman, and I'm thankful for mine. Amen. And if you have one, I know you're thankful for yours. The Bible says a virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. You see, a man may achieve success but in a lot of different areas in his life, but unless there is happiness in his home, everything else is empty. You know, you you can go to work, have all kinds of money and success and everything, but you come home to an unhappy home, to a mess at home. It, it makes everything you did all day long seem seem like worthless. To have a to have a virtuous wife, and to have a happy home that a virtuous wife brings, that's truly the crown of success in a man's life. And I want. I want everybody under the sound of my voice, if you, have, uh, if you have girls in your life that you're raising, I want you to pay attention. Uh, if you are a wife who's struggling in her marriage, I want you to pay attention. If you are uh, a young girl that's thinking about getting married, I want you to pay attention. If you're a, a young man looking for a wife, I want you to pay attention. I want everybody to pay attention, but I want you especially to hear this because the world we're growing up, you're growing up in, the world people are growing up in today, they're not raising the kind of women that the Bible is describing. There are very few of them. There's some, but there are very few. And I'm, I'm gonna, I want to just say this right now: if you're a young man and you're looking to find you a wife, get in a Bible-believing church where there are young ladies your age 
You say, well, there ain't many. Well, find one. Go to praying for one. Look for one. You will not find a good, godly woman in a bar or out in, a, in, a, in some other outfit where it ain't godly. You're not going to find godly women who will raise your children, who will take care of your home right, who don't love the Lord. It just won't happen like you want it to. Now listen to me. <clears throat> like I said, a virtuous woman, it's as, if, it's as if the man is upon the throne and she's the crown on top of the head. A virtuous woman. The Bible tells us that she's pious. That means she's faithful to God. She's faithful to the house of God. She's prudent, which means she's, she's not frivolous. She's careful with the spending of the household. She makes sure there's a plenty. She makes sure there's enough. She's, she's creative. She's industrious and hardworking. She, she's always looking for a way to improve her household, to improve uh, the, the things of her household. She's looking to make things better, not looking to coast and to, and to let things go. No, she's, she's actively seeking the good of her family, always looking to improve, always looking to make things better. She, she takes good care of her home. She doesn't just let it go and not care. She wants things to be in the proper place. She wants things to be right when her husband walks through the door. She wants to make sure things are orderly for her children and for herself. She's the type of woman that doesn't have to be told when something needs to be done. No, she's already on top of it. We know. We was raised by mamas. They took care of things we never even thought of. You know, when you got when you was raised by a good woman, you don't you don't really appreciate it until you get out of the home and you look back and you see what all was done for you. You know, thank God for the women in my life. Thank God for the women of character uh, that I value so highly who who did the right things in my life. I'm so thankful, and I give God glory and praise for it. I had good mammals. I, I have. I had a good mama. I still got a good mama. I had I have had good stepmothers. I, I've had good influences in my life. Had good ladies in our church. I, I've been very, very, very blessed to have been around good, godly, virtuous women. And you know, and again, we're talking about a virtuous woman being a woman, a woman of spirit. I'm talking about a woman who can handle herself. A woman that that can bear the crosses of life without falling apart. Uh, you know, again, we're living in a generation uh, of, of, of women coming up who are, they're, they're far from, from virtuous and far from godly. Because, and the reason being is their, their mamas are not raised in church. Their mamas are not raised in the Word of God. And you take a woman who doesn't know God, she can't raise a godly woman. She's going to raise another reprobate like herself. So listen, get your daughters in church. Bring your daughters to church. Sit your daughters down. Teach them the Word of God. Pray with them. Teach them what a wife's supposed to be. Teach them what a mother's supposed to be. Not by this world's standards and not by, not by my standards, but by God's standards. Um, again, this godly woman that the Bible's talking about, uh, she respects her husband. 
as as her head. And that, that doesn't mean he's a dictator and he, he runs her around with a bull ring in her nose. No. It means simply that she understands that God created the home and the family and God set it up for there to be the husband and the wife and the children. And and the wife is to respect and, and, and reverence her husband and he's to love and care for her and take care of her. And in that dynamic, everything works like God designed and, and everybody's respected in that dynamic when it's done the right way. And and when that works like it's supposed to, she's a crown to her husband. She's not a trophy. She's a crown. She's the completer. She's, what, she's the final piece in the puzzle that puts it together and makes it all work. She's the final gear that makes the machine return. And you know what? And she's not only a credit to her husband. She's, a, she's, she's not only an honor to her husband, but she backs him, she supports him, and she maintains his authority in the family, just like a queen would do her king. She's a submissive woman. She's faithful to him. And by her example, she teaches her children to be so as well. That's what God is looking for for in in a home is a woman like that, a virtuous woman crowned to her husband. Now, I'm going to finish it off with this. But the Bible says, she that maketh ashamed is as rottenness to his bones. Rottenness to his bones. The man that's plagued with a bad wife, and and if he has a bad wife, he is plagued. Rest assured, I've known a lot of bad women. I've known a lot of men with bad wives. I've watched a lot of people suffer. I've seen people in hopeless situations where they felt like they were suffering a prison sentence because they had a terrible spouse. A man that's plagued with a bad wife is as miserable as if he was laying up on top of a dunghill rotting on a big old rotten pile of compost, laying there festering with mold growing all over him, just rotting away. If he's got a lousy wife, one who makes his life miserable. The the Bible says she she maketh him ashamed. She's as rottenness in his bones. She's no better she's no better than disease because that's what God's comparing her to. She's like an incurable disease, an incurable illness. And like I said, besides that, she makes him ashamed. He can't take her anywhere. He can't he can't brag on her to anybody. She makes him ashamed. What kind of woman are you describing here? I mean I may be offending somebody. I probably am. That's okay. Well, I'm glad you asked me what kind I'm describing. I'll I'll describe her real quickly before we get done here. She's silly. She doesn't take her marriage seriously. She she likes to play games. She she doesn't uh, treat people with the respect that she ought to. Uh, she's slothful. She doesn't take care of her house. She doesn't take care of her family. She doesn't provide for her family. She she doesn't do the things that she ought to. Uh, she's selfish. She's looking out for her own interests versus her family's interests. Uh, she's a wasteful woman. She doesn't take care of the finances properly. She's looking to, to get more so she can spend more rather than being frugal to make sure there's enough. 
she's a woman of loose values and loose morals who will bring shame on her husband because she's not faithful to her husband. She's not faithful to respect her husband and treat her husband the way a tr- husband should be treated by his wife. Uh, she's she's uh, wild and hard to control. Her mouth is one that's wild and hard to control. She She's very ill-tongued and sharp-tongued and, and destructive with her tongue and tears people down and, and, and both destroys his reputation and her own and destroys his peace of mind and his comfort at the same time. If he goes somewhere, he can't go anywhere of his wife and what she's doing when he's gone to, to, to cause him to have a reproach where he can't hold his head up high. He's depressed. He's anxious. Constantly on edge. It's an affliction that preys on him. He said, that's terrible. There's so many people out there who are living lives just like that. You say, well, why don't you bring all that up to me? Well, God's Word said it. That's why. <laughs> you like I wanted to come and make somebody... Uh, uncomfortable tonight just for the sake of doing it? No. But I dare say there might be somebody listening to me tonight, and I've described you. I'm not saying it's somebody in my church. I'm saying there's, there's lots of people that will tune into this tonight. Uh, and, and, and I may be describing you. You may be that woman. And if you are, can I tell you what to do? Uh, don't 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 get mad at me and say it's my fault because I I, I, I told you what the Bible said. Go to God and repent and ask his forgiveness and ask him to make you into the wife that he, he designed you to be to begin with. But, my friend, first and foremost, are you saved? Do you know Christ as your Savior? Have you had your sins washed away in the blood of Jesus? You know, all of these Proverbs point us to one thing, and that is that Without the Lord Jesus Christ, we're a mess, and we're a hopeless mess without the Lord Jesus. And my friend, tonight before I get off of here, I want to say to you that it makes no difference what you've done in your life or what you haven't done. It makes no difference uh, what church you've attended all this time. It makes no difference what... uh, what you think about me or what I've said tonight. All that makes a difference is what have you done with Jesus Christ? What have you done with God's gift of salvation? I'm not telling you you've got to come join my church. I'm not telling you you've got to be a member of of any particular church to be saved because that won't save you. What I'm telling you tonight is that the Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And the only way that you're ever going to please God, the only way you're ever going to go to heaven, the only way you're ever uh, going to have eternal life is if you come to the realization that you are a sinner and that you've sinned against not man or women or, or, or the preacher or the church. You've sinned against God, and you broke his commandments. And because of that, you owe him a sin debt. You've, you've broken his rules. And God will not hold you guiltless. God will hold you accountable. My friend, the only thing you can do to get yourself out of the mess that you're in is to come to God. Come to him and confess that you have failed him. Confess that you have sinned against him. And come and and repent. And that means to come and say, Lord, I, I have... 
I am so sorry for the things that I have done, and I want, I want to be right with you, Lord. I want to be. And the only way that you can be is to accept his gift of eternal life because he let his son come into this world and be born into this old sinful world, and he, would, he fulfilled every, every righteousness there was. He fulfilled every bit of the law that God had given. He did everything perfect. He did, left nothing undone so that God could look at him and say that he had completely did everything that we couldn't do, that he had fulfilled our righteousness, and he bought our righteousness. He paid for it on the cross of Calvary. When he died on the cross, he cried out a word that that means paid in full. Tetelestai. It's a, it's a, it's a Koine Greek word that means paid in full. When he was dying, he cried that out. Our salvation was bought and paid for. The only thing that you can do is to come to him by faith and say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I, I, I've, I've sinned against you. And, and, Lord, the best that I know how, I, I come before you and I ask you to forgive me. Lord, I ask you to cleanse me. I ask you to wash my sins away. I ask you to make me white as snow in your blood. I believe that blood can wash me white as snow. And if you'll trust in him tonight, if you'll ask him to tonight, it's no magic words that can do it. It's you believing in your heart. If you'll put your faith in him. If you'll put your faith in him, my friend, he'll save you tonight. I urge you right now, would you come to him and say something similar to this? These words are not magic words, but if you mean it from your heart, he'll save you. You can say, dear Jesus, I know that I'm lost. I know that I'm a sinner. I want to be saved. I want to be forgiven. Please, I accept your gift of salvation. I believe that Jesus died and shed his blood for me. Wash me white as snow. Make me yours. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you tonight. I thank you for this time we've had. And, Lord, I pray that, Father, this has been a help to somebody. Lord, please get us well. Get us back to church together to meet on Sunday. Father, I thank you for each one that listened in. I thank you for my friends on Facebook. And, Lord, I pray that each one of them, Lord, can be blessed by this. Father, I just pray that, Lord, that uh, you direct their lives, Lord. Direct them to the house of God. Father, direct them to the word of God and work in their lives. Please bless them, Father. Draw us closer to you as the, the time approaches. And, Lord, we just want to give you all the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. And, uh... As we close out this uh, episode of uh, Wednesday Night by the Dashboard Light, uh, this this episode of uh, Temple Baptist Church, even though it's just me, I know you're here in spirit, and I'm looking forward to seeing you in the building in Clarksville when Temple Baptist Church meets on Sunday. And God bless you, and you have a good night, and we'll see you then. Goodbye. all the praise and the glory in Jesus. 
each and every day. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.